Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. There is a place where time stands still. Where nature is harsh and demanding. Where only the quick and the strong and the deadly can survive. This place is no place for civilized man. Take it in the guts, Barry. Good morning, everybody. We're on 3CR listening to Showreel, a look at Australian film industry. And in the studio this morning, we have got a live guest. G'day, Phil. How are you? Good, thank you. Hello, hello to everyone listening. Yes, this is Phil McKechnie, and he's uh, got a he's got a series. It is a series, isn't it? No, the the senseless one is a one off special. It's just a one off half hour special. Um, I also have a TV show currently running on um, Channel Thirty One as well. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, and and that's called Misguided TV, right? Uh, misguided, yes, yeah, yeah. And so uh, what we're talking about here on this morning, we're getting, one we're going to focus on this particular program, which is coming on. It's a special, and it's going to be on Friday, right? Uh, next Friday, the twenty fifth um, at seven pm on Channel Thirty One. Yeah, and yep. what it is is a satirical look at the uh, uh, debacle that was the census 2016. Yeah, the um, website crash. I think everyone was pretty much familiar with um, that night, probably sitting in front of their computer. You could um, you could fill it out on paper, but um, I think a lot of Australians now with the internet and that sort of thing were stuck in front of their computer um, trying to fill it out on the Tuesday night. Um, the government didn't really sort of advertise that um, you could fill it out earlier as soon as you got your um, census form in the mail. And um, you actually did have, I think, until like September the 23rd to fill it out online, but they wanted everyone to fill it out that night. Um, so everyone went to do that, and as far as I know, most people that I know had a hell of a lot of trouble. I did actually filled it out and completed it and went I went to press submit or whatever, and um, it didn't upload. And um, so they... You know, they pretty much advertised everyone to fill it out that night, but they created a system which um, couldn't handle it. So that's the sort of <laughs> well, nature that, of it. That was that was the first piece of comedy, but in mm. actual fact, it's a feast for a, a satirist, isn't it? Exactly. Like, um, so a few days afterwards, I was sort of you know thinking about it. A few friends on Facebook were making comments here and there, and had a few funny little ideas I thought of, and I thought, oh, you know, that'd be a nice little skit. That'd be a nice little skit, and then I thought, oh, hang on. Um, it's probably enough there to um, to probably make a little bit of a half-hour special. And, um, yeah, so I contacted Channel 31 and at that stage I hadn't even written the script. I just thought before I started launch into this, I better um, see if they'll show it because I don't want to write it and start making it and no one shows it. So I um, emailed Channel 31 in Melbourne and they said they'd show it. Because um, it's pretty topical. Yeah, exactly. So I th- sort of thought... Because, again, hopefully we relate to pretty much everyone in Australia um, over the age of 18 if you had to sort of fill it out and even people a bit younger than that would be aware of it. And so I thought, 
um, there's a pretty good chance they'll make it. And they said, yeah, they'll show it. And away I went, pretty much had to ride it. Um, actually had um, three friends who were in misguided, Ashling McGregor, um, Bridget Craig and Alex Richter. Um, and I sort of contacted them and after Channel 31 said yes and said, look, guys, because we'd pretty much just finished Misguided, which is a 13-part TV show, the Tuesday before Senseless. We finished filming it. So that takes quite a bit of energy to produce and money to produce as well as an independent sort of film, you know, TV maker. And I said to them, look, guys, I think this is really topical. I think it'll be sort of, you know, a really fun little project, but I'm going to need some help. And Ashling and um, Bridget and Alex agreed and said, yeah, look, let's, let's do it. And so they helped to, to produce and executive produce and away we went. How, did you, how do you go about uh – Bringing all that kindling together first. Well, that's the first bit. First, you did yep. with you did a call, uh, so you used your uh, thirty one networks. Uh, networks. Yep. It's also going to be shown in other uh, stations around the, state, uh, the country, but that's yep. another issue. Okay, we'll talk about that later. Then you got some mates who you've already worked with on making um, a programs for thirty one a series, which is actually, as you said, that's a big deal. Yep. So you've got your skills, but uh, how did you go about? How long did it take you to write it? up or did you do it in a collaborative way um it pretty much took me uh the first draft was pretty much over a weekend yep um but you storyboard it so i've, lo- I've learned a hell of a lot because i've written um four um screenplays um and so i've sort of read books and um you know basically you storyboard it so you get all your ideas you write them down on little pieces of like um you know like um post-it notes or bigger post-it notes with your main ideas um, and you put it on up on your storyboard to your, your sort of normal sort of structure, your three-act structure, your beginning, middle and end, um, and have your breaks of, you know, did you do major that, points. Did you do that for your um, overall uh, as well as for the uh, key gags, as it were? No, they they, uh, they they were probably already in my mind. And so what you do is you put your key – you basically write your key gags down on pieces of paper and you just stick them up on a whiteboard. Hmm. And then you – put up your sort of your major points like okay the where it's initially crashes etc etc and then you can play around with it and you can sort of see you can see it a hell of a lot more clearer when it's on a storyboard and so then you can rearrange and you can change them and then you can take two ideas and write them on the one piece and then re-stick it up and then by there because it's only it's like a it's a 30 minute time block but it's a 24 it's actually 24 minutes so with with something like that it's usually reasonably sort of quick and also what i did is i sort of thought all right there's going to be this sort of just happened naturally. I thought, right, there's two sort of departments. One department is the data management um, side of it, and the other one is the um, data security management side of it. Well, they were the characters yeah. that had um, surfaced in the news story. Yeah, yeah. Basically. It's basically, one's the data gathering, um, which was the system was crashing, and then the security a day or two later they said someone was trying to hack in. So those were the two sides of it. So once you've got two sides... And then there was also the notion that the Australian public was completely computer illiterate and wouldn't know, actually, that some of the elements that would go to making of this something happen. Yeah. Um, well, I think it was more um, just that... Uh, they did, in my opinion. They 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 wanted everyone to do it on Tuesday the ninth. Yeah, that's right. They want every and they didn't. And advertise. everybody actually, the, the suspense of that is that most people actually who have had anything to do with computer and data must have asked themselves, what is going to happen? Exactly. But the Australian government didn't. Um, so <laughs> that, that, that's the curious 
element. <laughs> exactly, and that's that's where hopefully the satirical nature of the show comes in and the little gags, so, yeah. Well, so. of course, yeah, yeah that's right. Um, but like you say, let's go back to the practicalities of this. Yep. Uh, so what I noticed too, that you, you, you guys, you know, I've seen this and it's actually very amusing, but it's also very tightly put together and it's quite clear that you're quite skillful uh, makers of TV because... Uh, Sure, you've got the um, the arrangement of how the scenes are going to go, but you also have linking pieces and stuff like that that make it into something that effortlessly, you know, like shots that might yeah. appear to be of irrelevance, but actually bind the whole thing together, right? Yeah. So in the edit, I mean, what I'm saying is that you've collected these shots. It's, I mean, yeah. the, for for radio people, this would be wild sound. Oh, okay, yep. <laughs> you know what I mean? That make it happen and make it seem like people are really living this. Okay, yeah. Well, basically, another good thing is um, uh, the DOP, um, Adrian Aldag, he was the director for Misguided. Um, he had a steady cam, so he had one of those, it's like a polycarbon sort of um, fibre sort of metal thing that he can strap to himself so we could use the camera. Because when you, we were very, very lucky in where I worked, Spartan School Supplies um, in Knoxville, they were very, very generous and let us film there on the, in the evenings. When, you, when you're filming something like that, you can't, like a Hollywood movie, take walls down and, you know, to make sure you get the camera in the right position. So um, Adrian Aldag pretty much had a steady cam that he can strap to himself and he can turn it 30, 360 degrees either sort of in a vertical and horizontal. And so it really cut down because I was really worried because we had to do night shoots because it was on the night. So it had to be in the evening. Um, and as I said, Spartan School Supplies were great in letting us film there. And so I could only and how, how many? How long did you take for the shoot? We took two nights. So, and that's the other thing. It's really difficult to ask people on a volunteer basis because, you know, everyone was pretty much volunteers um, uh, to give up two evenings from like 7 o'clock till 3 a.m. in the morning. Um, and basically um, to get half an hour, you know, roughly 20 minutes, half an hour worth of footage in two evenings, eight-hour blocks, giving people breaks, you know, to, you know, eat and you know, no, feed them. No, you've done a great job. Yeah, it's really quite difficult to get together. So the, the two things is, one, Adrian had that um, the Steadicam and two, Spartan School Supplies were great, allowing us to film there, and they had – they just put in LED lighting. So the other really difficult thing with filming is the lighting because that takes a long, long time to set up. But luckily with those LED lights, we only had to use extra lighting in one scene. My goodness, that's a good ad too. Yeah, so... <laughs> that's anyway. a good ad for LED lights. Um, yeah, so basically it just, I mean, things sort of conspired to sort of really help it to sort of go, all right, let's, you know, I, I thought to myself, if we had to do a lighting setup and we had to do a tripod camera setups, that's right. we would have had to take like three or four nights to do it. And that's a bit of an ask to ask people on a volunteer basis to give up their time from like 7 o'clock at night to 3 a.m. in the morning. And I couldn't really ask, um, you know, work to sort of, we'd have to do on Monday and Tuesday night, which is a bit of an ask. So, um, yeah, the, the cast and the crew were so amazing and so magnificent, giving up their time in an evening. Um, and working like clockwork, that. no, cl- quite clearly they yeah. work like clockwork. Yeah, everyone was so professional, and it was, and that's the thing with um, you know community TV and filmmakers. The, there's so many professional, dedicated people out there because then in the, like Saturday and Sunday, a lot of these you know aspiring actors and filmmakers. They work, you know, casual jobs. So, like, on a Saturday and a Sunday, that's when they, the, the main time that they have to, to get casual and, and reasonably good rates. And so if you finish at 3 or 4 in the morning, you're either 
giving up shifts or you're turning up to work exhausted. So I can't thank the the cast, the crew, everyone. So so thankful for for their dedication to the project, and I think you can sort of see it in the in the production standard. I mean, obviously we're not a Hollywood film, so it's not necessarily a Hollywood film standard, but I'm really really happy with with the way it's turned out. Yeah, you're on Showreel, and it's Annie talking to Phil McKechnie. That's it. Yeah, got it right. <laughs> Who has made this uh, very amusing uh, thirty minute uh, special that's going to be on Channel Thirty One on November the twenty fifth, Friday, seven pm. It's called Senseless Two Thousand and Sixteen. Revisit your experience of the census uh, in a humorous way. Uh, I was interested in the quality of the actors. Very good. Very good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so basically... Um, like the delivery was really good. Yeah, yeah. Um, so basically what happened is, again, um, Ashling McGrogan, Bridget Craig and Alex Richter um, are all in Misguided, um, the second season. And so, again, I initially contacted all of them. Um, also contacted Lee Smith, who was in Misguided. Unfortunately, he couldn't commit. He had other commitments. Um, so they're great. And I know they're great actors. So I didn't have to... Two things. One, two, one I didn't have to cast. And, um, sorry, one, I didn't have to cast, and two, I wrote the characters that they play specifically for them knowing their personality types. Um, So, I I mean, I don't want to sort of... I mean, they're magnificent sort of actors. So, um, yeah, so that's basically them. Um, Also, uh, one of the guys, uh, Thomas, who plays Colin... Um, he did um, audition for Misguided, but unfortunately, again, could not commit because that was quite a long process. And I knew him. Um, didn't know him well, but um, I knew that um, he, he was a good calibre actor, so I asked him to be involved. Um, and then, like, uh, the, the girl who plays Sarah, my sort of PA, I had another girl involved, and um, she basically had a professional audition over the weekend and had to pull out. And Stephanie, um, pretty much um, Schreiber, Stepped in with like 24, 48 hours notice. Um, well, the characters yeah. that you chose, are just, anybody who has worked in an office or in public service will recognise these people. Okay. It's just, they are just, just classic. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. I just, uh, you, you obviously have some um, people or forms or, or programs that have influenced you in mm. the making of this satire. So can you talk to us to that? Yeah, I suppose basically the the idea of the of the film is pretty much like a it's a satirical look. So it's not necessarily a belly laugh out loud type of thing. It's it's more like um yeah as you, as we're sort of talking about the office um and utopia and a lot of the working dog um sort of programs that they did um frontline that they did years ago. Um so the characters within the within the special don't know that they're being funny. Uh, a lot of the comedies they tr- sort of even though they're comedies they're trying to sort of, you know, you know, piss take or have a go at someone else and so they're delivering lines that are supposed to be funny or the situation itself is funny, whereas the characters in this don't know that they're being... Their idiosyncrasy and their characteristics are hopefully amusing, things that we can see in everyone, in little things in, in each... Pe- you know, people that we know every day, probably even ourselves. Um, and so it's more that sort of style of, yeah, The Office and, um, yeah, sort of the working dog utopia and um, frontline type of situations. And those well, are the John Clark. That- uh, the games, yeah, I haven't seen that, so I don't. I oh, know what you mean. You, you actually have to watch that because it yeah. takes it to another level altogether. Okay, I've seen little bits of it, but I, I can't sort of. Necess- I don't want to sort of comment on something I haven't seen. But I mean, also, I've I've only watched one or two, a few of the episodes on Stan of um, uh, No Activity, 
and it's sort of like that as well. I mean, that's a great show. And uh, as we sort of I've sort of mentioned on when we sort of first contacted you, the streaming services are now really taking over sort of TV as that's we know right. it they now. Are. And um, you could see that the, the networks have um, ads on TV basically saying things like, you know, there's a free-to-air TV um, ad that's on. And that keep, that's playing. The, I mean, it's the, the networks know that it's coming. And the great thing is it is inspiring more TV um, work in Australia. They've got things like The Wrong Girl, um, The Secret Daughter, um, Doctor, Doctor, Hide and Seek. So I think that the Australian industry is responding to the fact that streaming TV is now starting to really, you know, take a hold. Um, and it's opening up, hopefully, a lot more opportunities for actors because basically through the 2000s, it was all reality TV. And, it, I mean, it's really difficult being an actor no matter where you are in the world to get work. On top of that, in Australia, it's even harder because, unfortunately, it's not an industry for us and there's not the money in it. So a lot of people bemoan the fact, a lot of actors, and I do too, but I keep saying to people, look, there's just not the money in it. I mean, to make a TV show, you're really asking someone for two or three, three or four million dollars, probably at a, at a bare minimum, you go ask anyone for that type of money, see how far you get. You well, I, I mean? find it very interesting, yeah. that whole discussion about reality TV, the concept that reality TV is actually reality <laughs> is is hysterical to me. Well, again, it's, it's suspending your disbelief. So, um, Well, because you see, yeah. the people who actually, there are, they construct. And, they, and they, they cast. They cast for them. That's right. And they set up, not, not only that, they set up elements that to get response yeah exactly the block they make them do two or three you know rooms in a week um and yeah and so basically when i say they cast i don't mean that they go they and do find cast. actors well they don't no yeah. no they find people who will cause mayhem, uh, mayhem. so yeah. for example the food show that what uh, the competitive food show that they've got coming up yeah. i love that I, my I've kitchen got, rules yeah yeah i've got a i've got a chef friend who says that this this idea of competitive cooking is hilarious yeah uh but now they've got these this couple i didn't even watch I didn't. I watched them without sound, <laughs> right. which I find even more hilarious. But these people are obviously, uh, what are they from Korea? Uh, I think a couple who right. are a loving couple who are completely dippy, mm. and uh, by the and they and uh, then they bring in the uh, characters, the Anglo characters who look down their nose at them, and then you have this hurt look on their faces. Yeah, and this is all in in visuals. Yeah. So this is the meat and uh, potatoes of the next competitive cooking sequence. Exactly. Series. So they get they get the archetypes in. I mean, they 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 go for people they know are probably going to rub, rub each other the wrong way. And every show is a little bit different. Like the block is more. I think there have been seasons where they have gone for more. Um, I suppose you know people that push buttons more. But again, th- that is anyway. The, they're not. Anyway, yeah. they're not reality. No. I mean, it's not like the people who aren't making high, these programs. They're, yeah, they're definitely heightened reality. Yeah. Um, and they're, they're constructed yeah. and there's even though they mightn't be a writer's credit, they definitely are writers. Yeah, and basically, look, it's the way I – one of the things I find, uh, this is my personal opinion with the Australian TV industry is – I don't I haven't written I haven't read the sort of mission statements of the, the Victorian you know film VFA and you know, AFI and all that sort of thing, but it seems that they want to make Australian films, which is fair enough. But in my opinion, film has to be has to be first and foremost entertaining, and it has to have um, you have to be either it has to be exci- one of three, hopefully two of, at least two or three things: exciting, sexy, or um, funny. 
most of our films... Well, this is why you write comedy. I mean, we could have a whole program about where we have an argument about this. Right. Anyway. <laughs> so, yeah, so I, I just think the Australian... The mission statement, unfortunately, isn't going to grow our industry. I don't think all things have to be entertaining. You know, like death isn't uh, necessarily an entertaining thing, but then people do need to explore uh, deeper and... Uh, uh, need to. I mean, you can make comedy about death. Don't get me wrong, but uh, quite often people need to actually explore the darker sides of themselves and uh, and society. And that excites them. So exciting. Oh, you see that funny. is you see that well, is excitement. There are different types of exciting, I suppose. And look, you're correct. So I should I shouldn't I shouldn't be like that. You're right. There are maybe other elements to it, but I believe that Australians won't have an industry unless we change our mission statement. We need to make entertainment. First and foremost, and a lot of people bemoan again a lot of the US films. Well, it's very funny because there's the new Red Dog is coming out, and it was a huge success. There's been a, and I started to sit down. Um, this is a confession. I sat right. down to write it, <laughs> to read, uh, to watch it, and it took so long, so long to start that yeah. I left. Right. I just said, yeah, get to the chase. Cut to the chase, will you? Yeah, yeah. And like, I mean, I've seen, I don't want to name, you know, I'm trying to break into the industry, I don't want to name names, but I've seen a lot of Australian films and you just go, it's sort of funny and it's a nice, quirky little Australian film. In my opinion, we need to make entertainment first and then when we, if we were lucky enough to get our foot in the door and actually build an industry, then we start looking at, at channeling the funds that we make into making the, the more in-depth, quirky Australian films. Um, because a lot of people bemoan it, but you can you can blame me if you'd like. But film blame is about you. entertainment. I'm blame you. Film's Phil. about it's entertainment. It's all your fault. Like it or not, film is about entertainment first and foremost. <laughs> no, I think films are the the new book, and mm. uh, people don't read, but they're the new book. It's just like uh, taking something a credit for a title from the shelf, and it's uh, a it's uh, shrouded in the uh, the. Um, the way of seeing that that particular director or group of people, creatives, put together, and their it's so it's it. yeah, and their vision for it, and it's got yeah. a particular sort of taste, and yep. it's the same as books. Books have got a particular taste, although films films uh, deal in emotion. That's what they do best, mm. and books uh, have got a whole other world that are open to people who are prepared to actually read. Take the time, but, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, actually read because there's a whole other thing going on there, but um. Uh, and that's an argument as well. But uh, books, uh, but films, I mean, you're right, uh, so, some in a sense, but uh, if you're going to be asking for audiences. Now, the interesting thing, when you go back to streaming, mm. now uh, there are people, it, it, it's no longer, you make a choice about what you're going to to watch. And without ads, ad-free. Yeah, and it also means it's possible to actually get uh, your material up there in a way that you couldn't before. Yep. And that that is the thing. That is the breakthrough for... And it doesn't have to be a blockbuster. It could be a small story. Yeah. And the other thing is with streaming is... Um traditionally it used to be like a 13 for something a bit more dramatic it might be a 13 part series mm. whereas comedies were like 20 well this is in the states i'm talking about were 22 sort of episodes whereas now if you if you really need to tell a story and you think you only need 10 episodes that's right you can, you can make it, it in and you, one episode can be 40 minutes one episode can be a 110 minutes because you need that extra time for that particular sort of um you know sequence for yeah. argument's sake so um and 
Yes, I mean, it's... it's so you, do you think yeah. that going in... I mean, you're a program maker for the Channel 31, and we all know that Channel 31 is being threatened with uh, a loss of broadcast position. It, it's actually happening. So basically, at the end of this year, they're not broadcasting free-to-air. Um, but they are streaming. So there are, there are sort of, you know, the Apple, um, you know, and the Android apps and you can download that and, and on a smart TV. You can download it on smart TV and on, you know, tablets and, and um, you know, iPads and that sort of thing. So they still will exist. But unfortunately, I'm not sure what the um, – and it's not, not my – place to sort of comment too much on it um what the sort of funding structure was for channel 31 through government um so i'm not sure how that is and so if you're channel 10 or a channel 9 of course moving online moving your platforms online is a lot lot easier if you've got that backing and that money but when you're a community um you know when you're a community tv station and you're trying to get as many viewers as you can um, and you've only got a smart app. I mean, you can't go to that. You can't sort of just flick to that sort of channel where you're flicking through or surfing through channels. So it's difficult for them to sort of, um, you know, get their word out there. And that's why we're so I'm so grateful for, you know, 3CR for giving us the time. I mean, you guys know what it's like being in the community radio. And it's a simulation. Like, imagine a community radio, you know, some the government, I'm not sure exactly. Again, well, structures. they're also talking about things like that to you. But oh, okay, yeah. Go so, on, keep yeah. going, go on. So, yes, I mean, imagine if... Um, or whether it's happening or not now, the government say, right, we're cutting funding and we're cutting your broadband with. We're going to sell that broadband with to someone else. How do you how do you find your voice? I, I, find, yeah. I find it amazing that the government is deciding that it's going to sell. It's like having an auction. It's got no right doing such a thing to mm. Channel 31, but especially if you look at free-to-air t- broadcast medium. You know what they've got? They've got channels that go on all day, and it's called slimline panties. Yeah. Stuff like that. And yeah. you sort of think to yourself, oh, you're competing with. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's all paid. And I, the, look, it's unfortunately it's the pathetic. world we live in. And um, No, but it's pathetic. It is. It is. But, um, you know, we all, we've sound about but two years ago. But it's not the end of 31. No, no, no. So they are going online. And um, you can basically um, download the um, the app. So um, get, if you're still interested in watching any of Channel 31's programming, they have magnificent programs on. Please download the app. Um, I think it's an Apple and an Android app and the tablets um, and that sort of thing. So, um, yeah, so basically they are still um, broadcast, you know, they, they are still available to watch. And it's the sort of thing where, you know, Hamish and Andy started on Channel 31. Um, take it or leave it, Blokes World, I think, started on Channel 31. Oh, there's a heaps, um, of, heaps of things. It's yeah. pe- people are getting, basically, what's going on is that the community is training. Uh, because training up because the uh, professional world refuses to pay any R and D. Yeah, yeah, and it's, it's a, it was a great, and it still will be. Um, but obviously, it's a it's a challenge for Channel Thirty One, and I'm sure they'll rise to the occasion and be bigger and better. But um, yeah, it's just to highlight that. I suppose now, before we come to in. the end of show reel on Three CR, give us a sprint for your program. Um, Senseless uh, 2016, see what really happened on Senseless Night. We've basically, um, again, it's a satirical look on the website crash of Senseless. We've also worked in, um, people may not know, but on that very night, the Rio Olympics were happening um, and the uh, Australian women's um, sevens rugby team won the gold medal against New Zealand. So we've worked that angle in. And also uh, any um, listeners out there who um, were caught up in the Pokemon Go craze, um, there's something in there for you as well. So hopefully it's um, a good sort of um, something that has a bit of relevance for everyone. 
So the Pokemon Go craze more for children and obviously the website crashed for the adults who had to fill in the forms. Um, and I think everyone sort of probably watched the Olympics all the way up, you know, from two years old through to sort of 90, you know, 100 years old. So hopefully there's something in there for everyone. Um, next Friday, the 25th of November at 7pm on Channel 31, and that'll be number 44 on your um, channel guide. So please tune in and thank you so much, Annie, for your time. I really appreciate um, you giving us the opportunity to come in and have a chat. Thanks for talking to us, Phil. Great. That's Phil McKechnie, and uh, that's the end of uh Showreel for this week, we're going to leave you with a song called Sleeping in Cars, which sounds like a great thing to end up with. Rosie Burgess Band, coming up next is Published or Not. You'll hear from me next week. I think this might be one of those things. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.